0: good to see you all. Today, we're on our third week of looking at our series, which we've called Table. Um, you can see that we put the T, then that, then the able, because actually this is something that we're all able to do. Stefan led us in the first two of these series. Um, I, my recollection of them is that in the first one, he was talking quite a bit about the Son of Man and what the Son of Man does, which was an expression that Jesus used about himself. And actually, I've been sort of looking into this, and he that was one of his favorite things that he said about himself, or that he said most often, the Son of Man. And what we were focusing on was that the Son of Man comes eating, drinking, and sharing good news. Um, last week, I took from that the Acts of the Apostles in Acts, where it says that the believers gathered daily and they broke bread together in their homes and they shared everything that they had so that if there was anyone in need, their needs would be catered for. Um, And also that was talking about the fact that in the early church, people did actually meet in their homes. That was what church was. It wasn't a building like we're in today, even though there would have been the temple for the believers and Jewish people there to gather to. But Jesus was gathering people to himself. So I think it's really important, um, and as I've been looking into this, that we just remember and ground this in the fact that our God is a host, that he is the one that started off this hospitality because he, through Jesus, has drawn and invited every single person, regardless of who they are or where they come from, what their culture is, he has invited them to himself, and he has invited them into the Christ life, into the life and into eternal life that really matters, okay? Um, So the hospitality of God is that God is the original host. And most of us here, we know this God, and we know this God who looked for us individually, who took us in made us family, and seated us at his table. And in fact, Stefan talked on one of those weeks about the table in Revelation where there is a table, a banquet that has been set for everyone who would come to him, who believes in him. There is a table that has been prepared for us. And in fact, somewhere else in Scripture it says that, you know, his father, father's house has many mansions, meaning that he has room for us and he's made room for us. Yeah. So he's made room for us and made a space for us to be with him and be part of this family and fellowship of believers. But family is what we are. I just want to say that family is what we are. And God wants us to take this family and for us to really get hold of this hospitality, to practice hospitality. Um, In terms of a church, really, hospitality should be a hallmark of believers as we gather together, but also as we live outside of this space, outside of this building, in our own homes, that hospitality is a hallmark of believers. Because actually, if we're following Christ and we're looking to God, he's the original And he's called us to partake in that work of his. Okay? So some of this is about us, that hospitality has been extended to us, but it's about us extending hospitality to others. And in fact, it's listed as a characteristic of leaders in Timothy, that leaders are to show that they practice hospitality. And it is actually a command for every follower of Jesus as an expression of love. So... We are called to practice hospitality, and that call is for every single one of us, not just for a a chosen few that perhaps might be actually really good at it, because there are people that are really good at hospitality, but actually we bring. I love the songs that we've been hearing today. He makes us an offering. I come with whatever you've given me is what I bring. That's all I can bring to you, Jesus. And he doesn't ask us to be supersonic, the hostess is with the mostess, even though there are some of us around that that are, and that's great, but we don't have to compare ourselves to each other because God has gifted us all with this grace of hospitality, but we need to really lean into it and choose to practice it. And when it says practice, I sort of thought practice. So some of that is that we establish that as a practice, just like we might establish prayer as a daily practice, that we would establish hospitality as a practice. But that actually we would practice doing it because when we practice doing it, we, it just helps us because we feel like actually we can do this. And so we do. So we need to be people that are hospitable and practicing hospitality. I'm going to read to you from Romans 12, um, right at the beginning. I am actually using the message version, which is a paraphrase, but I just find that this just really, it helps me, so I hope it helps you. I'm a simple soul, and sometimes I need things to just say what it means and that I can understand it just like that. So here we go. So this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to place our lives before him. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take a breath. God helping us. We already know through our Advent series that God is with us, but now we're God helping us. That's the first thing. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. We have a helper. He's with us and he's helping us. Take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping. I love that sleeping comes first. You're sleeping, that we're doing things out of a place of rest, that we're, not, that we're not frantic, tearing out our hair and then thinking about how to do stuff, that no, we're people that are establishing practices of rest and, and perhaps Sabbath as well, You know, but we won't go into that. That's another preach. But we're doing things out of a place of rest. God knows that we need our sleep. <laughs> Eating going to work, and walking around life. So just our ordinary life is is nothing spectacular. Each of us do these things. Wherever we come from, whatever country we're from, whatever our culture is, whatever our family of origin is, we all need to sleep, eat, and drink. So I love that God grounds all this in the practical that is for all. So he's saying to take these things, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. And we've been singing about that this morning. And embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Accept it. Accept what God has done for you and embrace it and live it out. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. So, what God wants from us this morning is for us to understand what hospitality is and perhaps what it isn't. And he talks about not fitting into the culture. And actually, um, the culture that we're living in at the moment is a culture where Entertainment is one of the biggest industries where people just want to be entertained all the time. Now, entertainment means, if we're, while we're being entertained, we're actually quite passive. In that, we're just usually spectators. And I just want to say from the outset that actually when we gather here on a Sunday morning, we are not coming to be entertained. We are coming to worship our God who has done everything for us. We're coming to worship him, look to him, encourage one another, hear the word from the speakers, have fellowship, invite those that come that perhaps haven't been here before. That's what we're doing. We're not coming here for entertainment. I just want to say that because I think that's important because that's the culture that we're placed in that perhaps we think we can come here and we we expect to be entertained and actually no you can expect to hear from God if your heart and your eyes and your mind are open I loved that give us the vision to see the things of God what God is doing amongst us so so Christian hospitality is very different from entertaining and it would be really easy for us to confuse hospitality with entertaining. And actually, entertaining focus on the ho- focuses on the host. Their home must be spotless. The food must be well prepared. And there must be plenty of it. Free-flowing drink. The host must appear to be relaxed and good-natured. Now, all these things are good things, but... Hospitality is very different. Hospitality, by contrast, focuses on the guests, being present with them. (laughs) Their needs, a place to stay, food, a listening ear, or acceptance. So when we take our ordinary lives... Our eating and drinking, when we share our homes, when we invite people to eat with us, like Stefan said, we will all eat probably three times a day, which across the week, if my math is correct, is that that would be 21 opportunities for us to eat and drink with others and invite people, or for us to be invited. I think it's a mutual thing. It's one of two. We're either being invited or we're inviting. And I've experienced both of that this week, and it's been great. It's been great, so we are going to talk about that a bit, but we're we're focusing on the guests, not on ourselves. So when we take our ordinary lives to practice this ordinary hospitality and bring it to God as an offering, he does stuff in it that we would never have thought was possible or that we wouldn't actually be aware of and maybe even see. We've been really fortunate every week that we've been able to hear testimony testimony from others about their experience of hospitality, of receiving hospitality. And perhaps this morning we're going to be um, listening from a couple of people who are actually going to be talking about giving hospitality and what that means for them. And so this hospitality, God elevates the ordinary into something very extraordinary because it creates room for, for us to get to know each other better but also get to know God. That's the difference, actually, between us being Christians. We, it's not that we're, we're extending hospitality because we just want to go around and change people. It's, just, it's that we're, we're creating a space where people can come as they are, where they can come as they are, and change within without us trying to put anything on them, just being free to be who they are. So with God helping us, because I think if we don't, if we don't have God in this, it, it might be difficult for us and it might be hard, but that's one of the things about hospitality. So I'm just going to go through a little list of what hospitality does. Um, so hospitality makes room for others. And it can be untidy and inconvenient when we extend hospitality. And I think it's quite hilarious the way what God does and how He works. Because this week I'd, I'd extended invitations at least a couple of weeks ago for a for I had some people round for dinner on Thursday night. If you remember Karen, uh, you know, one of my best friends who used to work here for CAP, I invited her, her sons for dinner at mine on Thursday night, okay, so that's one. And what happened there was, obviously, I still invited them, they, they still came for dinner, but before dinner, I'd, I'd been away at a conference with Shannon for, like, three and a half days, where we, no, three days, it wasn't a half, where we just experienced lots of hospitality, you know, in a corporate way, and that was great, just to be recipients of that, But in this experience, um, I'd ask my daughter who's living at home with me. I was getting the food ready. I didn't have everything that I needed because I'd been away and I wasn't really thinking about the dinner um, on the Thursday night. So I didn't have everything that I needed, but I did have... I had enough, and so that needed to be enough. Um, I asked my daughter to vacuum around because... Confession, I still had some Christmas tree needles in my living room from where I dragged the, dragged the tree out late. I'm always late, but actually it did make it to the dustbin men. I usually have to get my saw, and if you could see me, and chop it down to get in after, because there is a time when they won't take it in a hole. You have to chop it anyway. I'm, I'm sidetracking. But the point is, is that, and I knew, I kind of, when I asked my daughter to do that, she said, yeah, Mum, I'm just doing something watching something actually talking about entertainment and I'll be finished in about 10 minutes I thought okay well she never came down to do that and I could have got all bent out of shape and actually in the past what I would have done is think right I've got to do it and I'll be dragging the hoover around and then my guests would arrive and I would be all flappy and I wouldn't be present for them so I said Sarah practice what you're going to preach just carry on making the dinner have your guests and if your living room has not been hoovered It is fine. They probably won't even notice, and they didn't. Okay, so there's that one. So sometimes it's untidy. It's messy. And what I love about that in terms of our hospitality is messy is, come on, church, we've just just done a series over Christmas about how Jesus came into the mess, how he was born in a humble stable with all the mess. And so here's your get-out clause. If a humble stable that was very messy and not good was good enough for Jesus the son of man, the son of God, then actually it's good enough for your guests. But obviously, please don't have your house like a stable. (laughs) Because I I reckon your guests might come and never want to come again. Anyway, here we go. So what it also is, is hospitality is about taking something that I presume or that we presume is ours (laughs) and offering it to someone else. You know, our homes... our our food, shopping, everything that we have has been given to us by God as a good gift. And he wants us to take these things and give them to him as an offering and say, what can you do with this, God? If I do my bit, what are you going to do with this? So let's be people that offer what God has so kindly and generously given us to others. Here's the thing. Hospitality creates intimacy among people that allows for genuine differences to be discussed. Sometimes I think we can be where we like to gather the same like-minded people to us that are going to agree with our theology and think the same as us and like the same things as us, but actually, we, you know, it enriches us to invite people from diverse backgrounds with diverse thoughts and diverse lives that are very different to us. So it helps to create spaces where genuine differences can be discussed and we, dis- we discovered that very humbly and beautifully at our last Alpha, well our first and at the moment our last Alpha course where we just gathered with people that perhaps we w- wouldn't have gathered with before around a table and it was just so wonderful to hear their questions and the things that they were grappling with and that just really enriched my life and I know that it did for others too. It allows us access to people's broken hearts, allowing the spirit of God to work through us in spite of our limitations. You and I have limits, but guess what? Our God does not. <laughs> and when we're open and we, we, we live open lives and we're open-handed, we can see God at work in our little limitations, which might actually be big limitations for us. God works in those spaces. And it also paves a way for deep union with Christ, and actually, as we experienced over the Alpha Tables, for people actually to get to know Christ and take steps towards Him. It renews our faith and it revives our hope. Hospitality is not to change people. That's not why we're doing it, but I've said this already, I think, but maybe it needed saying again, but to offer them a space where change can take place. And it can happen in a messy home around a dinner table where the main dish is humble, even canned soup. And it can even happen when the host and guests are clearing up together. Hospitality actually involves the host and the guest. And actually, when your family, apart from, yeah, my family let me down, Tilly let me down, I'll I'll say, listen to my preach, Till, because she didn't do the hoovering, okay? But when we're a family, we all chip in. And guess what? If you come to my house, you're probably going to have to do something as well, because just... That's really the way I roll, I guess. I come from a really large family, and so we all shared and we all mucked in. But actually, even in that, when we're washing dishes together or making plates or someone's in the kitchen, it allows, that even makes space for people to have good conversations and to actually hear from each other, hear hear from where we're at in life and what's going on and what God is doing and how we can bring him into whatever it is that's going on with us. So it's really important that we um, recognize that it's being inconvenienced, uncomfortable, and messy. But in that, we find a closeness with God because Jesus was these things and more on our behalf. And we are learning to make room for others, which means that probably none of us have got it down-packed and completely sorted. We are learning to make room for others because while we were still sinners... God made room for us. Okay, so there are some resistance points. And I've actually put these down. I had them originally for hosts and then for guests, but actually they're both the same <laughs> the, the, in terms of the resistant points. So I'm just going to talk about some resistance points So for both hosts and guests. So it could be that you're too tired. You may be too tired to extend an invitation because you're just going to think, well, I'm just going to be too tired. And actually, you may not go somewhere because you might think, actually, no, I'm just going to be too tired. But actually, we all do need to eat and drink. And I've actually found, it's a bit of a revelation for me, but I've actually found that if I merge these things, if I merge eating and drinking with others and doing other things perhaps at the same time, so like meetings, if I have meetings, sometimes I have coffee with people. So it's, very, it's all about hospitality, but it is also about the meeting. So we need to do these things anyway. So why don't we still do them even though we're tired? Because if I'm tired... I still need to eat and usually I need to eat more because I think that it will make me more awake. Anyone else feel like that? I just think if I keep eating, I'm just going to be more awake because I'll get more energy. (laughs) So we can say we're too tired, but in reality, that is a little bit of an excuse, okay? And I have to confess, it is one that I've used on many occasions, both to host something and to go as a guest, just being honest too busy. We actually live in a culture as well where we've all got our schedules, are usually, we're usually over-scheduled in, where we don't build enough margin into our lives, where we're just going from one thing to another without any gaps in between. So I totally understand that, but that is a bit of a pressure to be busy. Sometimes we wear our busyness like they're badges of honour because I'm so important, because I'm so busy. Well, actually, clear some of your decks so that you're not so busy. Because if you're too busy to be hospitable or to even eat, that is not going to do you good. So that's a word for you to build some margin into your life. Sometimes we can think that we can't um, give hospitality or receive hospitality because we're not wealthy enough. We're not the same as perhaps others around the table. You know what? Jesus said that even if you gave me a cup of someone a cup of water you have done that unto me so I think all of us have got water right that's the very that's the very basic of the hospitality in terms of provision that we could provide for someone else and give to someone else and share with someone else yes thank you Jesus too broken and vulnerable um I want to give a little bit to this, actually, because I really understand this one. Um, as I said, I grew up in a big family, and so sharing was the norm for me, and being around people was the norm for me. So when I had my own home, I would invite people around all the time. You know, In fact, I probably did have people around daily. That is the truth of it. I did um, to share food and that. But I've recognized while doing this that I was probably doing the entertainment bit. I wanted to be the hostess with the mostess. I wanted to, you know, my house was super clean, had lovely food, as much drink as your little heart would desire, because that's what I wanted to be. And, and I did still enjoy doing it, but I was doing it perhaps for the wrong reasons, because, well, maybe not. I just wanted everybody to have a good time. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? But it's not the same as Christian hospitality. But I've had times in my life when I've been broken, and that's led me to feel very vulnerable. It's really been around loss of relationship, either through death or divorce and things like that, but where I've just been so broken and I kind of like wanted to hide. I, well, to be honest, I didn't really know what to do with it other than I was feeling like that. And I know that I had times where I had loads of invitations as my really good friend in, in reminded me yesterday, Caroline, when I was speaking to her, she said, remember, you used to, I used to be inviting you round all the time and you wouldn't come, and I was like, oh, I can't remember that. She goes, yes, you did, and then I remembered it. I did remember, and that was for a whole season, I have to say, and she would be inviting me, as well as other good friends of me. Sue, actually, you were someone that invited me a lot, and I actually would like to say thank you to, the, to both of you, because I, I kept refusing, but saying different things and making excuses, probably, But in the end, but they kept on. They were persistent. They persistently would ask me. But when we feel broken and vulnerable, it's this bit about being known and fully known. Because you see, when we gather together and we're round a table and we're in someone's home, you can't, Caroline was saying in the thing this morning, you can't really hide from that. And you're there in your kind of vulnerability and your brokenness. But do you know what, in those spaces, I know from my own experience, from the hospitality that has been extended to me, from people in this congregation really and beyond, it's so healing. So what actually hurts for a time and what actually feels uncomfortable for a time, is actually that's the very thing that's going to bring you healing and make you feel more whole and where you feel like you can be yourself even though you've had these disru- this disrupted life and um, disconnected relationships through death or, or other things. So that is just so important that we extend our invitations to those that are lonely, actually unbroken and, and hurting, that it's not just because... I think if we're honest and we think about it, if we think about the people that we've actually been inviting over the last couple of weeks, because I know that you're all doing that because you're buzzing about it, is that we've probably been inviting people that we know quite well and that we feel comfortable with, but actually, as we move with this, I think we're going to we're gonna have to learn to get a little bit uncomfortable in welcome the stranger and welcome those that are perhaps, you know, not the people we would usually hang out with, because that is what the gospel is. It's for everyone. And as people who are good news people, we need to be like Jesus in that. So fear of being seen when we don't have it all together. And I just want to say this morning, guess what? None of us, none of us have it together, none of us have it together. I've got Jess and Oliver coming to stay with me this evening. I'd planned it, as I said, a couple of weeks ago. And just because of something that happened yesterday that I'm not going to go into detail, I I wasn't able to perhaps get my home ready in the way that I would like it to be ready. Now, Sarah, old Sarah, started to kick in. Maybe maybe tell her that they can't come now. And I thought, no, you can't do that, Sarah. You can't do that. Where are they? Where's Jess? Jess, yeah. You can't. Yes, I didn't do it, Jess. I didn't do it. <laughs> so, you can't do that. They're just going to have to take you as they find me. Just like I'm going to take them as they find me because that's what we do. That's what love is is that we take each other as we find each other and we love each other anyway. And I just love that. Right, I need to perhaps, yeah, press on. So, couple of things, build margin or make some room in your lives. Try to not over- overschedule your time, build in rest, and also building in living below our means so we have what we need to practise hospitality. Sometimes we say, well, I haven't got enough money. Well, actually take what you have, make sure you're good stewards of it, and live below your means. Let's be people that are open-hearted, that our homes are open, that we're open-handed, that we have open invitations that are not exclusive in nature. Because I do believe that at this moment in time in this church that God is calling us to practice hospitality as a daily way of life, not as an occasional activity as time and finance allow. And in our culture, we are super busy and we do have lists full of activities but a hospitality needs to be put back into this rhythm of our daily lives. Because do you know what? God promises to put the lonely in families. He's put us in a family, he put me in a family, but he plonked me in this family and, I, and I've never left because this is my family and this is where he put me because I was lonely and broken. And we as his people, we need to do the same for others. Our, fa- our homes actually... So God promises to put the lonely in families, and in Psalm 68, 6, it says that. And I just want to say to you that he intends to use your house and my house as living proof of that. And so I think Caroline's going to come up now with um, Kay and Sager to talk about hospitality and what that means for them. So... Let's be people that practice hospitality on a regular basis with open hands, open hearts, and open homes.
1: Thank you, ladies. We... Um just want to say thanks, Sarah, because that was awesome this morning. It was so challenging and encouraging to hear. And um, I think it's great just to add a little bit of personal testimony to that, to um, enlarge on, on what Sarah has um, and said in a tangible way. So um, I'm going to ask you ladies both the same question, because um, I know both of you are relatively new to church. You've been coming a couple of years, about roughly about two years, both of you, um, with your families. And what I uh, love about both of you is that it's like you haven't waited to be invited to somebody else's house. (laughs) Um, I know that both of you practice hospitality. So, can you just tell me how you both got to know people here? Who's going first? It should be on. (laughs) (laughs) Hold it up. You can hold it up to your chin like that, yeah. Is it on?
2: (laughs) Um, uh, Yes, we've been coming uh, to the church for a couple of years, and we felt God had led us to this church, so uh, we wanted to get to know the people that were here. So we just decided that we'd just start inviting people around. Um, So as we started to chat to people after church, you you don't really get the time to really talk to people or get to know anybody. So we thought, right, we'll just invite people round. So that's what we did. We just sort of almost like picked somebody. Because <laughs> obviously we didn't know anybody. So it was just like, yeah, let's. they look nice. We'll have them round. <laughs> um, and it was a bit scary because we thought, well, what if they don't want to come round? What if they don't like us? What if they think, who are those weird people inviting us round? So we felt a bit, you know, felt a bit like being quite vulnerable to people that we didn't know very well, but um, actually we've loved doing it, and we've got to know lots of people. <laughs> well, I am part of
3: that too, thank you. <laughs> um, yes, uh, we, we've been coming to this church for the last two years, and um, when we first came, we were a little bit worried, uh, and also a bit nervous because of all uh, the reputations we heard about Bambri, <laughs> not great. Oh goodness! We <laughs> <laughs> have a reputation. <laughs> not the church, the whole town. So um, we did come with a with an open heart and um, open eyes. And I remember the first day when we came here, we were welcomed uh, very warmly by David. <laughs> and afterward we had a chance to chat with Stefan uh, but when we first came uh, we googled the church and the first person we wanted to know was who was the youth worker and I had a chance to email Shannon before we came here and when I met her uh, well it was wonderful <laughs> so she made us feel home as well so the first day our children experience um, upstairs was great and it all it all went went well and that's how um, we decided to know more people and uh, to be honest we haven't done it as much as we want to having people around because we're a little bit busy family so it's a lot of people (laughs) but uh, we managed to um, meet some people
1: yeah that's great thank you Um, I think Sarah touched on this but Sometimes we can think of hospitality in this kind of lopsided way where one person is the person extending or the person offering and inviting and the other person is the receiver. Um, It gives us the impression, therefore, that one person maybe benefits more than another. Um, And so I just want to to talk about that and ask you both personally what... um, we know that you're both hospitable people that open your homes to others here, that you've kind of overcome how you have felt doing that and the resistances, some of the resistances in doing that. But also, what do you personally receive from being hospitable, from meeting new people? Um, Well, I mean,
2: uh, first of all, it's something that I really love doing. And I think what I like doing is I like being able to offer what I have to share with other people. And I sort of think, okay, what have, I, what have I got? Who am I? I'm nobody, really. I'm just an average person. What have I got that I can share with other people? And what I've got is a house. I've got a home. I've got food. I can, I can make a bowl of soup. So that's what I've got. And then, so for me, it's a real blessing that I feel I can exercise my gift, if you like. And to me, that is a real blessing because I think all I can do is offer what I've got. It's a bit like what we were singing earlier. That's just all I've got, and I want to offer it. And the fact that other people want to come and share that with me is such a blessing to me. So they think I'm blessing them because I'm cooking and being hospitable, But actually, they're blessing me because I feel, wow, they really like that. And I really like that feeling because I feel I've given something. Um, For me, it's about friendship. It's about a way of making friends and being part of the community. I like my own natural family, hopefully, would feel that they get invited around quite a lot. Perhaps they don't. (laughs) And... To me, this is my church family. I want to invite them round. They're no different. My natural family and my church family, they're all family to me. And I like having people round. I like being part of a big family, a bit like Sarah was saying. I'm used to being part of a big family. And so I get, I feel I get loads more out of it than whatever anybody receives, if hopefully they receive something. But I just want to, I like to be friendly, and
1: I want to make friends, really, really. <laughs> If I can just add to that, just um, personally, um, I have benefited so much from getting to know Kay, <laughs> and um, she's become the friend that I invite round and that brings lunch with her. <laughs> it's not because she's tasted my cooking and doesn't like it, but um, I think um, possibly actually there was a soup. There was one soup. <laughs> I've got to admit that was terrible, but. Um, it's been such a blessing to me in a season where you know I've had seasons where I've been able to extend hospitality more than in other seasons and actually I got to know Kay and Mark at a time that was really challenging for me and it was such a blessing to have her rock up and say you know what I can bring something and I'm like I'm gonna say yes I'm gonna say bring the lunch and now it's a bit of a joke I think she thinks actually is she going to get invited and I cook I don't know when we will figure that out but um, genuinely yeah you're a blessing so thank you <laughs>
3: um, for us as well um, the main thing was making, building friendship uh, having um, a meaningful relationship with people we don't have our own um, family blood family here but we have lots of friends that we consider as our family from this church and from people who live here in Bambury, other Christians. So it, it's been a blessing for us. Uh, and then uh, the other benefit we get as well is we get to pray for one another. So we might be thinking that we're praying for others, but there are lots of people who prays for us and there's nothing else we can ask for more than this. And, and also, it is, it is such a, an opportunity for our children to, uh, to listen to adult conversation outside of a church building or school setting. Uh, it, it's, it's an incredible uh, chance for them. And above all, we benefited from a divine
2: blessing
3: Uh, and joy that comes from the Lord.
1: That's beautiful. Thank you, Sega. Thank you, Kay. It's really great to hear from you. Um, As the band come back up and we draw the service to a close, I I just want to read a few words, actually, from a a book that I think capture the heart of what's been shared this morning. Um, It says here that healing becomes the opportunity to pass to another human being what I myself have received from the Lord Jesus Christ, namely his unconditional acceptance of me as I am, not as I should be. He loves me whether I'm in a state of grace or disgrace, whether I live up to the expectations of his gospel or I don't. He comes to me where I live and he loves me as I am. I'm going to read that again. He comes to me where I live, and he loves me as I am. When I have passed that same reality on to another human being, the result most often has been the inner healing of their heart through the touch of my affirmation. To affirm a person is to see the good in them that they cannot see in themselves, and to repeat it despite appearances to the contrary. This isn't a blind Pollyanna optimism that is blind to reality of evil, but it is a radar system that's tuned in to the true, the good, and the beautiful. When a person is evoked for who she is, not who she isn't, most often the result will be the inner healing of their heart through the touch of affirmation. It's beautiful, and I think that just captures the heart of what has been shared this morning when we extend hospitality to one another, when we have been recipients of the grace of God ourselves and we know that he loves us and accepts us as, as we are, we can extend that to others in a way that, that transforms and in a way that does something that we don't even understand. And so I think as the, the worship band come up, let's just, let's just stand. And I'm not sure what God is speaking to you this morning. I know that he's speaking, as Sarah said, it has felt very timely, this series has felt extremely timely, and um, I think he's speaking into each and every one of us, the heart of each and every one of us. And um, this morning with our team briefing, before the service started, we were talking about when Jesus was, was giving the commandments, and he was saying, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and then secondly, love others as you love yourself, And I just wonder if there are people here this morning that in some ways this message challenges because it touches the core of who you are. Because to love others in the way that we love ourselves isn't always straightforward because some of us don't love ourselves. We don't. Some of us don't even like ourselves. And I just, as the worship band play, I just really want to invite you if that is you this morning, just to respond and to to step forward and receive the love of Jesus Christ, because he does love you. He does accept you just as you are. So if that's you this morning, then, then if you want to, come forward and um, give yourself the opportunity to be prayed for. And perhaps for others, this is just... Um, this is just confirmation of something, you know, you know, the love of God, you know, you've received the grace of God in your life. Um, But actually, this is like time to mobilize time to do something with that time to extend that invitation outwards. So let's just come let's just worship and respond.